brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. Midi clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. You're listening to the Getting Salty Experience Podcast. Everybody, and how are you tonight, Leatherheads? We're back. The Getting Salty Experience podcast, the only one in the world that brings the firehouse kitchen table to you. Self-proclaimed best podcast, my <laughs> final podcast in the world. It's like we'll four keep... in a row that you did that. It's starting to yeah, stick with me. I, I told you. I like I'm it. Doing, I'm doing the OJ. I keep pushing it until everybody buys it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, in fact, OJ's still looking for his wife's killer somewhere because he's got himself convinced that he Holy didn't do it. Christ. This, yeah. OJ, the election, you know. Yeah, yeah, easy, Pete. Steady. Uh, hold. Listen. Listen, what do you take mean? it is easy. This is steady. the most secure election in history. What yes, steady. All right, we're back. Right. Safe. We're back. We're back. And Coombs is six Tito's in. I just wanted to let you know. I picked just my wife up. guest in the I back picked, room. <laughs> I just picked up my wife and kids from the airport. We took them out to dinner, pounded down about six Tito's in record time. Came in, fell asleep on the couch with drool coming out of my mouth. And my wife's like, don't you have a podcast? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, 20 minutes from now, too, you're going to be, have that same look in your face. Like <laughs> this? Like this? <laughs> How gonna be? Petey, help me out, Petey. Yeah, I'm good. I'm fired up for tonight. 
we got a good guest on. We got to thank this guy, man, because we must have canceled on this guy six times. You know, <clears throat> terrible, terrible. You know, Pete's, about that. Pete's always terrible. going away. He's got this. He's got that. You know, he can't make the show. He's got a very busy life. Nah, I would throw Pete right under the bus too. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm playing golf every. Uh, week. Oh, <laughs> shots fired! Look at either that. I'm golfing or hunting, so you know. Oh, very hard <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> What's you the matter take? with you, Kobe? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Stirring it up a little bit. Come Stirring on. it up. You got to do better than that. Uh, yeah. okay. I like the I like the cool collectedness, though. Ruffy's just like this. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are all pros at this, man. Being at the yeah. firehouse, I can't compete. You know? Yeah. Just yeah if, if we would have said that, if Coos would have said that to you, you would have been doing backflips. You would have oh. been. <laughs> <laughs> You ain't lying. <laughs> he ain't lying. He ain't lying. He ain't lying. Oh, shit, man. All right, man. So, Pete, before we get started, why don't you give mm -hmm. us the cheap, shameless, no shame in our game plugs? All right. I'm you sick. Don't even say it. Just get out there and buy some shit and, and, and <laughs> sign on and like and share it. All right. You, all right, buy, this, you buy this. Yeah, sign up on the god. If I gotta pay it one more Easy. time to subscribe, I, the hood and I say you buy this car. What's All the right, matter with no, 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 no. We're going to getinsaltyapparel.com. You guys, you know the deal by now. You're going to getinsaltyapparel.com to find all your favorite firefighter apparel and, and accessories. You get your t shirts, your tumblers, your uh, your hats, your sweatshirts, and all the other items you need to give a wonderful to let's say a firefighter friend or family member or just buy something cool that you dig like uh the old ladies box t-shirt very big seller at the last show or maybe i don't know which one which other one because uh, that's what men do Brooklyn. everyone seems to like that uh, one as well you know I mean? so the, go war, the warriors it's in print the warrior shirt oh, coming out the warrior shirt is coming out and guys mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's at getting salty also guys if you want to support us directly Hit us up in the super chat. It always helps us out. Uh, if you have a question that you have to absolutely have answered or asked, at least uh, shoot us uh, a little a little change in the super chat. We appreciate it. And last but not least, guys, remember always to hit that like, subscribe, and share button. How many times I got to tell you the show is free? Mean, mm. yeah, what are you going to do? You gonna Me, it's a good. You're going to yep. just sit here and not hit the like, subscribe, or share button? Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. What? Wow. Yeah. You let a fire wow. under his ass now. Look at him all of a sudden. Hit the like, subscribe, and share button. <laughs> wow. Oh, all right. crap. That's all I got to say. And we wow. Got, we got, Already uh, in this uh, we got uh, Nikki Koops in the chat. We took him with us uh, to the uh, trade show, and uh, Petey yeah. actually has a uh, segment solely with Nikki Koobs. So that'll be coming out next week. I can give out the title of the segment, right? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, top five things I learned from my dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got two right off the bat. <laughs> can you imagine what top five things yeah. are? But yep. thanks, thanks to the guys in the super chat. Thanks to uh, already Fire Dave one 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 and uh, Paul Meyenberg. You guys are the best. Honestly, thank you very very much. I Excellent. really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, Great. we're ready Thanks. to bring this uh hard charger in, and then now, now Nikki, now Nikki can go to another semester of college. Thank you, fellas. I appreciate it. No, nah, you see that? We all got kids. all right. Let's bring him in. I love this guy, he's got one hell of a mustache. He might have the best mustache we've seen so he's far. He's up in the top three, he's in the top it's three. Definitely a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. Let, let's bring him in. 
from Memphis, Tennessee. Fireways of Little. I think he's in Little Rock, Arkansas now, right? He moved to Little Rock, Arkansas. We'll get into that. All Kansas. All Kansas is Chief Donnie Coon. What do you say, Chief? Well, oh, man, having a great day. You guys? Yeah, man. I, 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 told, I wasn't lying about that mustache, was I? You oh, no, no, no. No, no. no it, you <laughs> you know, can ride a like motorcycle that, with that thing. That's Jeez, a handlebar. That. Yeah, I sold, my, I sold my motorcycle when I moved to Arkansas. So, uh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You, you could eat some chicken wings and save that for tomorrow. Do you want to eat? <laughs> <laughs> Super flavor saver. <laughs> Super flavor saver. I love it. Yeah, man. So when I talked to you for the first time, right, what did you tell me? You wanted to dis dismiss the myth that what? Guys from – do you remember what you said? Oh, yeah, that? yeah. We, we just want to kind of dispel that myth that all guys south of the Mason-Dixon line are a bunch of redneck idiots. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I, I'm either here going to disprove that or prove it. <laughs> It's a fine line. Yeah. Yeah, very that, fine. That, that Mason Dixon line is a very fine line. <laughs> I've been all over the South. There's only two places that I felt like I was like, what is going on here? One was Mississippi. Holy yes. crap. Oh yes. my God. Who's praying? <laughs> yes. He was just getting into a story, too. What was Mississippi? Oh, that's going to be four minutes of my life. I don't have to lose right there. Oh. <laughs> Great, thank you, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, uh, oh, what shit. happened? <laughs> one was Mississippi and one was West what? Virginia for crying out loud. Oh yeah. man, that was the best yeah. thirty-six yeah, the seconds I had. Yeah, up it, it, what happened? Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. I got. I don't know. Something weird happened. So actually, something that's never happened before. So I'm gonna have to give uh, Streamyard a little. What, what happened? An email. Cramped up on that before you you ran out of things to say. What? I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go home and get your fucking shine box. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! All right, all right. We let's got, concentrate. We got a fellow, we got a fellow Tennessean in there with you, uh, Tankimus Prime. Oh, he's a Tennessee guy. Where is yep. it? Where, I gotta find Tank's theme music. Hold on. Don, he's like, what the hell did I say? There you go. There you go. Okay, wait. <laughs> <laughs> You're playing like family uh, reunion. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah, does Memphis have better barbecue than all the rest of the South? That's what we wow, want. Of course. I was looking at and one of the top things, because I did some research on, on Don Coon. That uh, Memphis has one of the best barbecues in the country, bro. It does. That's what, yep. Absolutely. No I would yeah. say top two. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's, what's the first one? Texas. Really? Texas has got to be second. <laughs> oh! What's your favorite place, Don? Where do you go? In Memphis? Yeah. 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 I, I, I like Corky's barbecue yeah. in Memphis. And of course, the rendezvous is world famous. But Corky. Um, I just happen to like Corky. Wow, I think that was Pete's nickname in high school, Corky. <laughs> Remember that show? Remember that show? The one kid was a retarded kid. Am I allowed to say that? His name was Corky. <laughs> right? What? That, that was Pete's nickname in high school, Corky. <laughs> All right, let's get it. That is wrong, and he did the wrong thing. Uh, All right, enough of enough. Man. 
We could go all night ripping my ripping me, man. For crying out loud. Let's it's dive right at the Don because we got the pictures of his dad. So I don't even have to ask the question on how he got involved in the fire service. Your dad was a Memphis, Tennessee firefighter as well, right, Don? Yeah, yeah. Dad did 28 years in Memphis. He retired as a captain um, at Station 40 there. Uh, this is when he was a driver. The picture you're looking at. Which guy he drove, is he? Uh, he drove uh, Engine 11 there in Midtown Memphis. Which guy is he, Don? He's uh, second from right. Okay. He don't got that stash that you got, man. No, no. He, you know, they they had to be clean shaven in those days. Back in that was days. probably in the I don't know uh, late fifties. Yeah, he got on to what nineteen? I have it somewhere on my shit mess of. Uh, um, I, I think in fifty. 50- 52 until 1980. Yep. 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 Uh Yeah. So, um, yeah, he, he, uh, I didn't, I didn't come on the job till I was 23 years old. I I, I actually went to work for a holiday Inn, which Memphis was the hub, uh, home for holiday Inn incorporated at that time. And when I got out of high school and I went there and, um, went through their entire innkeeper training program and all that. I, uh, I got done with that. Hated it. Hated it. And, uh, he gave, dad gave me a call one day and said, uh, well, they're going to hire some firemen. You know, would you be interested in us? And, um, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Best decision I ever made. Oh yeah. Did you, uh, go to the firehouse with your dad when you were a kid? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I say I was raised in the firehouse. You know, so how was that not on your radar? Like, how do you go, like, Holiday Inn, Fire Department, Holiday Inn? Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, you, you, you know, at that age, you know, you're kind of rebellious. Yeah. You don't want to, you want to do your own thing and not, you know, try to um, follow in his footsteps. Little did I know how foolish that was for me to think that. Mm. And, uh, uh, so, anyway, that's, that's how I ended up right. uh, going to the fire service. And you know, once I got through rookie school, got assigned to Snorkel 13, Loved it. Loved it. Uh, Snorkel 13 was one of the busiest companies in the city at that time. Right. All right. But first, you're going to have to describe to us. But first, you know what, Pete? I don't Actually, want to I was going to ask the what's chief. The word, what's the word of the day, Pete? I was going to ask get. the chief if what if they had a word of the day back in Snorkel 13. But uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, the, we are the only ones uh, who have that word of the day. And that word of the day is... Hey! All right, all you Alkies who are chasing me much, down for the word Thank of the day much, can, now, can now partake. So I now the chief has to explain to us what a snorkel is. <laughs> yeah, what is a snorkel? Oh, man. Uh, well, that, you know, they have a bucket, you know, like the, the uh, uh, tower ladders do, only they're on uh, a boom, you know, like a lift. So the, the bucket's on the end of the lift there. Uh, Snorkel 13 at that time was a 65 foot snorkel and uh-huh. uh, they got a, a new one and passed that one down to another company that has a 75. And then uh, later on when I made driver and went to, uh, to uh, headquarters to drive the, the biggest snorkel, which was an 85 footer. Okay. Do they still use them now, Don? No, they've, they've uh, serviced out all of them now. They've gone to, you know, Regular stick ladders and platform trucks. All the big, uh, uh, like I, I think Chicago had those too, right? Early on. Yeah, yeah. There's, all their squads were snorkel squads, and huh. they're all done with and, that too. And two of the two of the rescues in Memphis ride this, uh, are, are in the snorkel squad apparatus. Pete, can but, you pull? Can you find it? 
picture of a snorkel? So, so no, uh, yes. none of the none of the fire departments that you know of. Do they still? Is that like a? Oh yeah, they're you, still around. Oh, yeah, still in use. I, I loved it. Uh, right, know, because you could access some places where you couldn't reach with a stick ladder. You know, right, so, right, right. Uh, especially up and over parapets, things like that. I've know. seen them. I know which one, what they look like. Yeah. So let's back up a little. You got on the job September twenty third, nineteen seventy three. You were appointed. Yes. Correct. Uh, That's right. Then, right. From 73 to 76, you went to Snorkel 13. And where was that? Holy macaroni. Yeah, that's the 85-footer. That's what I drove downtown. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's, uh, that, that boom travel length is like 47 and a half feet, so it's pretty hard to maneuver around downtown. Yeah, man, holy cow. Yeah. So how did yeah how did you guys ride? How many guys did you ride on the rig on that snorkel? Oh, uh, four. We had an uh, officer driver and and two uh, firefighters that rode the jump seats. And what was their positions? How did you break it up in the snorkel? Uh, well, the uh, the firefighter that rode on the the officer side, you know, we called the little ladder man. You know, he was he and the officer did the inside work. And uh, the outside team was the driver and, and the private road behind him. They did all the ladder works, forceful entry, you know, all that type of stuff. Right. So they would they would take the roof. They would take opposite the fire, vent the outside. And, and the other guy, the officer, would, would do the, uh, you know, VES, do, right? Yes. Yeah, force entry, you know, for the, for the engine guys and then do the search inside. Right. Were you uh, in uh, – was, was 13 in, in with an engine? In, was that a double house? Oh yeah, engine seven. Yeah, yeah. All the houses in Memphis, uh, for the most part. Uh, well, let me say this: the, in Memphis has sixty engines and 
uh, when I was there, they had 30 truck companies and three heavy rescues. That's pretty and, big, man. Um, yeah, it's a 2,000-man fire department. You know, that, not, That's fairly big. That's Yeah, that it's is. a fairly big department. And, uh, you know, certainly nothing like you guys are used to, but it's it's a big department. And uh, so uh, for the most part, you know, the, the, they got a, a you know, half the houses were double houses, and then you had a house that the houses that rode uh, the rescues out of, you know, the, the engine and the rescue company were both trained in special ops so that they could, you know, backfill each other. Oh, so the uh, engine guys could work in the rescue and vice versa yes. if they needed to? Yes. Oh, yes. wow. Huh. Don, the, res the rescue today in Memphis, is that that rig? Like a snorkel? Two of them are, and the third one is a Why know, would they do Why would they rig. make so? I would think that that would be like a ladder or something, you know, a truck company. Well, it kind of comes from from uh, back in the beginning, you know, uh, when when they started the rescues, they they were they were squads, is what they called them then, and they rode with five guys. And of they course, came they up. were. Of course, they were squads. <laughs> <laughs> well, it they they would come off as a manpower squad you know and a lot of times they did writ duties and a lot of times they would come in in the early days you know back in the 70s uh, or they they would come off they were required you know those were the days we were transitioning from the old leather lung no mask days into you know so one of the requirements if you were around on the squad you had to come off with a mask on so a lot of times we would show up on a working fire, go in and take over the line from the guys that were in there choking and slinging snot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're over the line, finish putting the fire out, you know, and say, "Okay, see ya, enjoy right. the overhaul." So you know, it, it 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 helped to reinforce to a lot of guys that you know we would come out, you know, pull our mask off, and the rest of the guys who had been there without their masks were slinging snot in the yard and coughing and. And all that, so they saw that visual that hey, these masks are not a bad thing. So I think that was good to help transition to, sh to actually show and demonstrate to the job that you know these masks are good things and they're going to save us, you right. know, some, some grief later on in life. So when I, you, I had a quick question for yeah, but, just not to interrupt you. Uh, when you first got on the job, was your, your old man was still on the job? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, let's see, we were on job to together we worked same shift he worked uh, uh south uh, southeast memphis you know around the airport i always worked midtown downtown so we were pretty far geographically apart we only responded to two fires together uh and one <laughs> one of them was a two-story um nightclub and uh, somebody pushed an air conditioner out hit me with the air conditioner so I, well, the only fire i got transported away from was and he the was there and he was there yeah. <laughs> Holy so swing and a miss he struck him out <laughs> yeah, there you go it's like so, that uh, video that, we just saw that was weird but yeah we overlapped uh, about eight years and then uh, he retired out in uh, was it 60 uh, or 80 excuse me 1980 what was he in the engine most of his yeah, he was, well, he was a truck guy, um, and then uh, part of a, a new annexed area uh, of Memphis, they built a new fire station 40, and he opened fire station 40 that's uh, in the south part of Memphis down behind the airport. Uh, so that's where he retired from was engine 40. But, you were, uh, he was back and forth, engine truck, engine truck, 
Right. Now, as opposed to the the snorkel, how does the truck respond? Same thing, uh, an officer and three firefighters with the same basic, you know, uh, you know, one. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the <laughs> truck functions, or you know, that's, truck work, truck work. You know, it's just you know, some arrive in in different style of apparatus. Um, so you know, but their functions are the same. You know, right. all remounts just the right. The truck just <clears throat> remount. Um, well, they got mid mounts now, uh, but mm. you know, uh, as I came up, they had several uh, tillered aerials and uh, uh, and and some some mid mounts, and then they, they went to a, a lot of rear mounts, and so they're kind of swinging back the other way to mid mounts. Now, what uh, on let's say a report of a phone call, report of a fire, what what are you getting on? On your box, okay. On a, on a residential fire, they they usually send uh, two engines and one truck, a battalion chief. Uh, if it's a worker, you know, they get several calls. They may add an engine and truck on the initial, but uh, on a, a commercial, you know, they'll get four engines, two trucks, battalion chief, and maybe a division chief, depending on when did the rescues roll. That they usually roll if they've got uh, multiple calls coming in, and definitely on a working fire. You know, first company on scene gets a working fire, rescues a go. So you said there's three of them in Memphis now. Right, that's all. Right, and they split up how? I guess geographically. Right, right. They all. Uh, each one has about a third of the city. And how do you get to go to a rescue? Is it the uh... You go for an interview. You do has yeah. Um, one I, of those, you know. Uh, you know, as things were when I left, that you know, you had to have about uh, at least three years on the job, you know, as a firefighter, and then you, you go and take the training. Most of the guys who are on the rescues are also part of the task force because the training is parallel. Mm -hmm. So they have to get all the prerequisites. You know, the the tech level and hazmat. Rope, trench, confined space, um, and then they take the the uh, collapse technician course. And then they're fully qualified to be on the rescue or on the task force. Right? Do you have a dedicated hazmat, or does the rescue do the hazmat? Rescues take care of the hazmat, also. You know, the, you. Uh, when I, you know, when I told you I went to the squad after I'd been on the snorkel about three years. That's that was the first fire squads in Memphis. And there were six of them at that time. And we responded with at least five guys. But our task was to take care of hazmat, you know, because there were a lot of Memphis being a transportation hub, you know, for the country. Uh, a lot of hazmat went through the city of Memphis and we were having several incidents that, you know, we didn't have guys with dedicated training for hazmat. So, if you wanted to go to the squad and be one of those guys who, who got to go to tons of fires, uh, you also had to do the hazmat mitigation. So what you, the 76, you went to the squad six at station right. 11, right? Right. So that's midtown. What, what type of, of apparatus did they have? What did they respond <laughs> it was an old diamond Rio. What is that? No, it's a, it was an old civil defense truck that they converted to, you know, it had a big box on the back of it, you know, and an old, uh, I, you know, it was donated to Memphis Fire by the uh, uh, Civil Defense at that time.
So you guys would just bounce from fire to fire? That's all you would go on as far as report? It wouldn't be unusual for us to make, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 runs a day and, you know, three or four workers. Wow. Wow. So, you know, it was it was great. You know, it was it was great for a young man like me at the time. You know, I learned so much. and I was so blessed to be with uh, um, my officer was a lieutenant Hilliard, Virgil Hilliard, uh, one of the coolest guys you ever want to meet. You know, absolute level head no matter what. And, uh, you know, learned so much from him about keeping your yourself together, you know, when when things are turning into crap so that you can formulate a plan, you know, and, and then bring a little order out of that chaos. So it helped me a lot, you know, later in my career, you know, working with, with uh, Lieutenant Hilliard, he was an excellent officer. Excellent. Those guys, you said the squad, they rode with five guys. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, now do they respond as a truck or an engine or whatever the chief needed them for? How do they work? That's right. Well, well, they they responded as a, a manpower squad in those days, and and whenever we got there, we check in with whoever had command, and you know if he needed, uh, you know, writ taken care of, you know, we would do the writ duties. If he needed uh, a, additional line laid, or if he needed us to go take over a line from a company that was had already taken a beating inside, we'll, we'd go in and take over the line. Right. Just whatever whatever the command needed, that's what we gave them. So what was your best move for stealing a line? <laughs> <laughs> knock the helmet off? Has it knocked out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, most of the time, you know, it, 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 we followed uh, Lieutenant Hilliard like a, like a bunch of little ducklings, you know, and, and uh, it was always funny because he was a tough, tough guy, you know, tough guy. And uh, boy, when it – when it really got bad, he'd take a knee and put his face piece on. So we would get inside, man, and it'd be, you know, tough as hobo shit. And we'd get in there and he would, uh, he'd finally take a knee and start to put that mask on. Everybody's down the line. Holy like, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if he's <laughs> putting his mask on, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was great. But, but, uh, no, if, 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 uh, if he got inside and, and, you know, we got to the, to the line and, and he told the guy, you know, we're take to, you know, command says for us to take this line, we're taking it. So, right. you know, well, usually you didn't get a lot of argument after that. You didn't have to turn off any bottles or anything like that, right? No, <laughs> no we've considered that several times. But no, it never was. <laughs> it never was to that extent. But uh, no, it, it, those were great years, though. Great learning curve for myself. You know, yeah. I picked up so much, you know, so many. Now, did uh, you guys have a war years like we did, like the 60s through the, to the late yeah, 70s? Yeah, I'm thinking uh, it, it's pretty comparable to what you guys had. Uh, downtown Memphis was, uh, you know, in a lot mm. of disrepair, a lot of vacant buildings and all down there. And, um, you know, we had several multi-alarm fires in the downtown area. Uh, but where I, you know, where I was stationed there at Station 11, we had everything. We had the downtown, which was, you know, in our first response on a working fire. Um, we had Midtown, where a lot of big Victorian-style houses were. And on the north end, we had a lot of heavy industrial. On the south end, we had uh, uh, low-income ghetto areas. And uh, so, it, you know, had a, a, a huge variety of, of you know, things to, uh, to learn from. So uh, I was fortunate to be stationed where I was and work with some of the guys that that uh, taught me so much in those years that that helped me later in my career. 
Yeah, go fight a fight a fight. It didn't hurt either, right? Yeah, John, no, the job no, no. no, and and the the I, I think it's a shame. I, I, well, I don't know. I, I I think it's unfortunate that now the fire volume is not near. I was just going to ask you that, Don. How is the city now? No, and the the, the city certainly has their share now uh, uh, because they're still a, a, a large metropolitan area. You know, they cover. 343 square miles within the city of Memphis. Holy That's a pretty man. big area. Yeah. So, um, you know, but just a sheer volume of, of, uh, of workers, you know, and, and fires are a little different now too. you know, the types of construction they're putting in and some of the urban renewal stuff they had done downtown, mm-hmm. uh, some of the construction materials and all that, you know, burn a whole lot faster than they did back in the day, you know, where we could, we could work them for hours, you know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You can kick them, but now, you know, yeah. 30 minutes, you know. They're, yeah, the smoke's a lot. You can't breathe that smoke in. You can't. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> huh. So, you know what I want to just get back to for a second, that it kind of, I wrote a little note back here. You said seven, uh, 76, you went to the squad and they were doing hazmat, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Which is yeah. pretty fascinating because Roofy, like hazmat won. I mean, I think they did 84, get, 84, right? I mean, but I know rescue four was doing it before that, but I don't know how much, how much prior to hazmat actually taking over. Did rescue four do? Oh, the city was always a little late with a lot of stuff. I mean, when yeah. you really think about it. Well, we had a very progressive uh, guy. Uh, it was Captain Covington who worked in in training. And uh, in fact, he, when he left the job in Memphis, he went to the National Fire Academy and taught a lot of the hazmat stuff. But he was very proactive in those days and uh, uh, was very instrumental in us forming these. Uh, squads that would also take care of hazmat response because uh, before that we had uh we had very little formal training mm-hmm. as far as hazmat mitigation so we, yeah i, I know, don't think rescue good thing. i thought it was pretty progressive you know for him to do that <clears> and you know being a young enthusiastic guy you know i, I, I said man here's an opportunity here so uh so you know i jumped on it right away yeah I was gonna say I don't think Rescue Four predated '76 with with the hazmat training. I don't so. know. Wow, I'll, I'll bet you uh, Chief Cleahouse might know that. Mm. He probably would. Ring, 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 ring. <laughs> Chief Cleahouse, are you on the air? <laughs> Soon to be guest, Chief Cleahouse. Yes, yes. All right, so then at '79, you get promoted to driver, which means and and you go back to Snorkel One now, uh, headquarters station five. 
snorkel one being the rescue or snorkel one just being the snorkel truck type of thing? It was a snorkel truck. Yeah, it was a truck company. Um, and and headquarters is, is right on the, the on the river. You you can go in the back parking lot of the fire station and, and look over the river into Arkansas. Uh, but it was uh, definitely downtown company at the corner of Front Street and Union Avenue, which is uh, you know one of the main streets you know traveling east from the river. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was a, a fairly busy company. It's probably the slowest <laughs> company that I ever worked on, but. Uh, when they decided to move the snorkel down to station one, which is directly across from St. Jude hospital on the North end of downtown, uh, things picked up considerably for us there as snorkel two, uh, because of the, all of the, uh, areas up on the North end of, of Memphis, uh, fire frequency was uh, picked up a lot. Right. Um, why, when you became now, when you became a driver, why couldn't you just drive at the squad? Why did you have to move to the snorkel? Uh, <clears throat> was that your doing, or that's where they promote yeah, you to? Or? Well, no, that you know, I I had no input in that whatsoever. But you know, mm. that snorkel, um, I, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I had an affinity for that thing. You know, it, it just, uh, you know, uh, I. I, I I think I was pretty good at it. In fact, uh, I got a temporary assignment to, to the training division to just to test drivers, you know, when they were ready to qualify to drive, uh, you know, I was the guy that did the, the testing for those guys, you know, and I didn't have that much time on the job, but I, I, I was very good on snorkel. So uh, because of that, I probably, that's probably why I got sent mm. out snorkel one. So you drove that thing like you stole it. <laughs> Absolutely. Drive fast, take chances. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that somewhere. <laughs> so you also oh, then when they moved uh Snorkel One, they moved the uh, to station one, they renamed it Snorkel Two. Why did they rename it Snorkel Two? Well the, the, there was a, a uh hundred foot tillered aerial that, that was truck two that rode out of that house. So they you know it would have caused a big uh a lot of confusion in the alarm division, you know, mm. about what, what truck do I send? What this, so to save confusion, they renamed it uh, Snorkel 2, and then they took that truck and moved it to the uh, down into the what they call the Whitehaven area, the far south end of the city, down on Third uh, <clears throat> Street, down south. So, mm. so you spent it, the they created a new company, is what they did. With that, with with snorkel, with that, with that old truck, snorkel two, they moved that truck and they created they a new moved truck two down and, and made it truck uh, fifteen or something. I don't know. Huh? So all the guys went there. They had the uh, the, the ability. Yeah, the whole the, the the apparatus, the men that that manned it and all, they left, and everybody that was on snorkel huh. one just changed like locations to when the engine did that to mm -hmm. us. Uh, Snorkel Any of the guys stay or given the ch chance to stay or the choice or they all went? No, they went. They mm. went. Everybody, uh, yeah, right. yeah, they all went. Yeah, you were like, so uh, they, uh, Snorkel 2 wrote, ran out of the house with engine one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, uh, uh, Chief Cleha said Rescue Force started around the late 70s, early 80s with uh, Norbert Mean. Yep, as a captain. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. For the hazmat stuff. See, I knew you can always count on him. You just got to dial him up the right way on the crank phone. Chief <laughs> <laughs> Clayhouse, Chief Clayhouse. Want <laughs> a friend. Something like that. So then you do, you go for it, and you you gotta you, you gotta jump to the other side. You get promoted lieutenant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was in '88. So you spent a good seven years in Snorkel One, which became Snorkel Two. Yeah, yeah. And you went to truck three at station 14. Right, right. So was they a busy company, truck three? or? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That uh, is in uh, a low-income area of Memphis, what we call South Memphis. Um, actually, where I grew up in South Memphis. But mm-hmm. um, So I, I, I went there. They were, they, were, they were a hot company. It was a 100-foot aerial was the apparatus that we were on. Um, so again, got, got a house full of great firefighters, uh, good officers, you know, good, good learning experience. You know, uh, the, the, the cool thing that I discovered as a, as a lieutenant is you have a lot of influence on your guys, on your company, you know, whether it's positive or negative, you have a lot of influence. So, uh, I was always a, a, one of those guys uh, that like to train and do stuff and, learn new stuff. So I, you know, uh, I was always afraid that I, I, my guys would need to have a skill that, that I didn't teach them yet huh. that I, that I knew about. And, and so, uh, I think a little bit out of that fear, you know, that we were always training, you know, we, we trained a lot. And, uh, so after about a year there at truck three, they, uh, <laughs> during those years, I, 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 on my own, I, I went outside of, of Memphis and got some training on ropes. You know, I went to a, a fireman's convention in, in Nashville and, and uh, some of the Nashville guys put on a repelling demonstration. I'd never seen it in my life. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So um, I started going up there and learning from those guys, training with them. And then I took a, a rope technician course. So anyway, uh, long story short, when I got back, they, uh, we had some fires in high rises where we couldn't access some areas. So they decided it would be a good thing to have a high rise rescue team. So mm-hmm. uh, because snorkel 13 was, was there in, in Midtown and in the uh, uh, medical district, uh, they decided to put the team there. So I moved back to snorkel 13 as an officer this time as part of the new newly created high-rise rescue team. So we trained the engine and the truck guys on every shift in rope rescue. Including helicopter access. Right. Uh, at that time, the Memphis police guys had a, had a old Vietnam-era Huey that they used. And uh, so um, uh, I went and got qualified as a helicopter repel master. So myself and... Uh, one of the tax squad guys from the police taught all the helicopter repel for, oh, yeah. uh, for Memphis fire and for the tax wow. squads, the county tactical unit and all mm. that. So, uh, you know, that helped me branch out a little bit and see that, you know, so what you the possibilities guy. are. Yeah. So we had a lot of fun with that. You know, we used to put on a lot of helicopter repel demonstrations and things like that. Holy so, shit. I'm out on that. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Screw wow. that shit. But then have a guy sitting out going, da, 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 get some. Da, 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 get some. <laughs> you just don't lead them so <laughs> much. <laughs> How do you kill women and children? You just <laughs> don't lead them so much. That's right. But, Ain't uh, war help. Well with that. So uh, anyway, that's why I, I ended up going back to Snorkel 13. So I stayed there till I till I got promoted to uh, district chief. So, yeah, John, you know what I want to ask you? When you were the lieutenant there, there was no captain there, right? We talked about that in the previous No captain at all, no. Um, how many bosses were there at the time? How many? Uh, how many lieutenants are in the, were there? It's, oh, it's there's just, one for each apparatus. That's it? Know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So when you're so not how, working, who's I was just going to say. When I'm not working as a lieutenant? Yeah, if there's only one lieutenant. Yeah. Who, well, if you're not on shift, who's who's the boss? Well, that then you know they'll they'll bring somebody who's who's taken the exam to be a lieutenant, no bump him up in rank. And, and we call it riding out of rank, and uh, so he would ride in my place. So consist that had to be all like, the time. That'd be somebody that was that was qualified on the apparatus that we were driving, right? And they had to have a grade on the lieutenant's test. So then then they're eligible to ride. Up so you really were the guy. There's only one officer for the whole company for. That's well, well there's, there's one officer on each company. Like there's one uh, lieutenant on the truck, a lieutenant on the engine. Yeah, we're not talking just for the shift. We're talking about, for, you know, assigned the to the company. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like in the, yeah. in, the, in the FDNY, there's one captain, yeah. three lieutenants, you know, 25 guys assigned to each company. You only had one officer assigned to the whole house? It, yeah, yeah, wow. per shift, per shift. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Per, per, yeah, so yeah, how many officers sure. are, are assigned to the company? If one. there's no captain there, it's really one guy, huh? Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, well, one lieutenant per shift. So that I, I guess it'd be a total of three. Then, uh, if I'm following you, uh, you know, one for A shift, one B, one C shift. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So there's yeah. there's four lieutenants or three lieutenants, three lieutenants in each yeah, company, yeah. No, no cap, to the company with no cap. Right, right. That's what I mean. Now okay. the guy who's got the most time, he's basically calling the shots in the firehouse. Senior, yeah, senior lieutenant calls the shots most of the time. Yeah. Okay, so three lieutenants, no captain. Now we got it. I like that. Yeah. Of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chief Lafamina's probably going, oh, that son of a bitch. I see. We're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about him, too. So, you know what I wanted to say, too? You had 15 years as a fireman before he became a lieutenant, which I think is great. Plus, you were in busy places, right? And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, I, you know uh, that that it seems to be a long time, but but you know what? Um, it, it it gave me lots of preparation for when you move into uh, a battalion chief position. You know, you, you got to make decisions that are going to affect lives, and you can't make wise decisions if you don't have experience in doing the job that you're asking guys to do. Mm -hmm. So. You know, I, I think that that helped me uh, tremendously in that respect that, you know, uh, the de decisions that I made uh, came from my experience, not from what I think they may be experiencing or, or I may be asking them to do. I wouldn't assign anybody to do anything I wouldn't have done myself. Hmm. And, the, and the guys knew that. So, you know, to have that sort of confidence from your guys is is priceless 
That yeah. is the whole yeah. thing. If the guys, yeah. if the guys believe in you, then they'll yeah, do anything man. for you, right? Uh, I mean, uh, if they, uh, if they uh, trust you know where you've been and how much time you have, right? I mean, those are the two things everybody wants to know anyway. So if you yeah. had both, you you're right, gold. Right. So uh, you know, I, I had well, I guess what I call street credibility. You know, yeah, you go, no you, doubt. You got street cred. Yeah, you know, you can get a lot more done that way. Also, you know, guys trust you. They're, they're not going to be hesitant. They're going to. They know that. You know, well, he wouldn't have asked me to do this if he wouldn't do it himself. So, uh, right. You know that that goes that goes a long way toward your just just having that street cred. Yeah, but you know what the really important question is? Who's first due at Elvis's house? Oh, oh man. Uh, I think Station 29. Uh, in fact, they have Elvis's name on the side of their engine. Nice. They got Elvis Presley on the side of the engine, so that's pretty cool. Don, have now, you ever, did you ever meet the king? I was just going to say yeah. that, Ruffy. You yeah, did? in fact, I did, you know, as a child. Uh <laughs> Way back when, uh, I, I, I worked at an ice cream joint there on, on Highway 51, which is called Elvis Presley Boulevard. Now, oh, give, me, hey. give me some vanilla. Thank you very much. Give me some vanilla. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll take some peanut butter and I'll take you peanut butter. Yeah. Banana. Peanut butter banana. Thank you very much. That's it. But anyway, he used to ride his motorcycle up, you know, and, and uh, oh, sure. you know, stay out in the parking lot and BS with the guys. So I, I thought really? that was really cool. And, uh, he always had a touch football game if he was in town out at his place at Graceland and whoever wanted to come, you know, you just come play. So I thought that was pretty cool. Wow. Pretty cool. You know, it wasn't, it is cool. I never really thought about it, you know, until, you know, like after he's gone and, and you think, I mean, wow, you know, that was pretty neat. I was going to say culturally, right. Like being from Memphis and Elvis being from, you know, Memphis uh, or, be, or being down there. Uh, how did that feel like when he passed away? Was that a palpable thing for you guys? Oh, it was like, a big deal. Yeah, it was yeah. a big deal. In fact, when, you know, when the, the word came out that day, uh, um, I was driving around and, and uh, so I, I tried to go down to Graceland and you couldn't get within five miles of the place. It was just a Jeez. total traffic jam, you know. Wow. Uh, you know, just because, you know. Did it, the brothers was, respond to it? To- yeah, yeah. Um, uh, strange story. One of the guys uh, who was on the ambulance um, ended up being a state representative. The other guy mysteriously died uh, not long after that. So it was, it's uh, always been kind of a mystery surrounding all of that. But they stored that ambulance at Station 1 where I worked on, on uh, Snorkel 2. So... Uh, of course, you know, people would come by to see the ambulance, you know, and take photos of it and all that. Yeah. So a fellow firefighter of mine who shall remain unnamed bought carpet, you know, that looked like the same carpet in the floor, you know, so we cut it up in little squares and we would secretly. Nice. Yeah, don't tell anybody I gave you this. This is some of the classic. <laughs> this came at 20 bucks. Yeah, 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 you know, we made, you know, made a few hundred people happy with a little one square carpet. <laughs> Dude, that's classic. That's like taking like a little piece of sod off the Shea Stadium or something. They there were doing, you go. Right? Yeah, yeah. There you go. It has a blade of grass from Yankee Stadium. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Or, or maybe allegedly, maybe taking the rig to Shea Stadium and grabbing a couple of seats. <laughs> allegedly. Just saying that might happen. That's great. Wow. First do it, Graceland. 
Holy mackerel. Yeah. That would that, cool. That's what he must have been heavy. That was when he was fat, Elvis. Must have been a bitch to get him out of there. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was toward the end there, you know. Yeah. He got oh, yeah, it's too bad. Wow. Yeah, you know, that, that, yeah, he was he was very he was very generous to, to Memphis, did a lot of uh charity work, you know, donated to a lot of charities there. So he's pretty well loved around Memphis. Now that Sun Studios, that's right. That what in downtown? That's Sun yeah, that's on the Union Avenue there at Marshall. Um, uh, it's really still cool there. when you go in there. It feels you feel like you're in a moment in time. Yeah, well, I mean, you got Elvis, BB King, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. All those guys came from Sun Studios. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's cool. Yeah. That's the cool birth guy. of rock and roll, I think. Maybe you know, just um, saying, you know, yeah. That, well, they call it rockabilly. Rockabilly, but you know, you know what I want to talk about that I researched a little, you know, because I'm not just a pretty face, the chief. The chief, oh, uh, I never guessed that. They, they, they say that I, I was reading that, that you guys get at least well, you did when you lived there six tornadoes per year. Is that is that accurate? Um, probably, yeah. Uh, most of them, uh, fortunately, have have uh, kind of you know skirted around Memphis. Does, actual city itself but uh-huh we had one uh hit downtown we had damage to several buildings downtown have you ever uh, seen one? Oh yeah yeah and really? especially over here in arkansas they you know they're, they're pretty prevalent over here too well you got it i always thought like if i see a tornado i'm definitely shitting myself right there there's no doubt about it bro <laughs> you would run like like somebody we know you would yeah, run yeah, i would yeah. run like some guys run from fire. fire i would run <laughs> I would run from a tornado. Well, we, you know, there's one incident I remember in Memphis that uh, I see, I guess it was in the southeastern part of Memphis that hit a warehouse, you know, knocked a wall, tilt up construction type wall, knocked it over, trapped, uh, I don't know, at least a dozen people under there. Wow. So we responded there. I think one of the pictures. Don't we have pictures, Pete, of yeah, the tornado? Of a tornado. Yeah. <laughs> I have a collapse. <laughs> I have a collapse. Have a collapse. <laughs> I don't have pictures of a tornado. I have a collapse. Yeah, that was a result of a, of yeah. a tornado. Yeah, yeah and it, there are no tornadoes. All right, here's. Wait, hold on. No, 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 no. Now we're, now we're going to go. Now we're going. No, 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 no. Tornado. Now we're going. Don't you have yeah. Here's your tornado, tornado photo. Look at the whole fucking tornado in this pic, you fuck. There you go. Hey, wait, I want to know. How did I know that there was a picture of a tornado job in there? Because in the pre-show, Don says, oh, that's when there was wow. a tornado. So Pete writes, look, oh, look at the tornado, tornado in this oh my photo. God, that's all classic. Happening. Well, oh, it, what does it say? Collapse. Ruffy, okay. Ruffy, yeah. were you, Ruffy, were you there when he said, oh, that collapsed from a tornado? Right? Uh, oh, wow. I'm not saying anything, And what an awesome illustrative photo to show what a tornado looks like with three firefighters. You can show show Chief Coon getting it done after a tornado. Oh, there There we go. We we had a a huge EMS response. We had uh, some of the task force members come out. We had canines (laughs) from the task force come out with the search. Uh, And we recovered, uh, you know, like 11 people live. You know, we only had two fatalities out of the possible Dozen. Wow. That's pretty- and what was that from, Chief? A tornado? <laughs> result of a tornado. Oh, oh, it was a result of a tornado. <laughs> that is wrong. And he did the wrong thing. Not- yeah, I, don't know, I don't know how I knew that. It must have been ESP. I'm like, just. 
Mm, oh, Chief went to a tornado. <laughs> Not Hurricane Elvis. It was. <laughs> <laughs> he said Elvis, Pete. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> there, you want a horn? Creep, you see what happens? I'm going to get your fucking shot box. I got on the ropes. I got on the ropes. He's hanging. He's going to hang himself any second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they said, if Chief said he went to a fire at a UFC tournament, people are like, oh, I got that picture here. Hold on a minute. Oh, here it is. Here's the jujitsu tournament fire right here. Chief said. There was a collapse. I didn't hear anything yeah. about a tornado. Good, good, hey, Pete. Chief, as, calm, as soon as they start explaining themselves, you got them. I got them. Oh All right. God. All right. So let's let's move on. And flash floods. We don't have any pictures of flash floods because I was in the pre-show. But you could talk about flash floods, Chief. You, are those a problem over there as well? Um, well, we had flood. You know, the river does that just about every spring. You know, it comes up, and uh, we've had a few flood events there in Memphis, but. Uh, you know, a few fatalities, you know, with our special ops guys, you know, are also boat operators, you know, so they. That's when you got to get into swift water, right? You get the swift right. water. So if, if that's pot, if there's an event that involves that, you know, we, uh, we put the guys to work. Right. So 97, you get promoted to battalion chief and you're assigned to special ops battalion five. Look, right. Looking here. Yeah. That, uh, uh, Again, the sweet spot for me, you know, because of, of my background and the training with the task force. Uh, so, you know, Battalion 5 was the, did all the special ops responses, including hazmat. So, uh, you know, uh, it widened my territory to the whole city then because, uh, you know, if it was that type of call, then, then, then we had to go. Mm -hmm. So it, 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 uh, it gave me opportunity to, re to respond all over town. Right. I got a question for you too, Chief. I was doing some more research. Man, you're a researching dude. I am a dude <laughs> on a mission. Uh, so I want to talk about the fire that rains down in Memphis, the time that you had two simultaneous third alarms, because you are mentioned in this. Were you a chief in that? Were you a battalion chief? You yeah, a I was a uh, division chief, division one chief at that time, free bugle chief. Um, it first started around three o'clock in the morning, by the way, that, that series of fires known as the downtown fires in Memphis, uh, was featured in firehouse magazine. And, uh, they did a whole, like that one, by the yeah, way, chief, really nothing good, nothing good happens at three o'clock in the morning, right? by the way, no, nothing but, but anyway, hey, it, it, you know, I got called in from home and, uh, it was about three o'clock in the morning. As I came by the rose window in front of the, one of the oldest churches in Memphis there, I look up and we got flames rolling in the rose window. So uh, I, I knew we were in for a long night. So you know, we, we set up uh, incident command and I, I actually passed command to uh, a battalion chief and took over ops for that fire there. So we had the equivalent of a third alarm as far as apparatus and all that. This church was had some huge, huge beams, you know, like like twenty by twenty beam, wooden beams that were rotten, and they were it was throwing up, you know, big chunks of, of fire, you know, over and uh, uh, they were floating over. A, a wind storm came through it about the same time, blew uh, embers over to another building on Court Street. So. Uh, there were three buildings back to back to back that started off with the church 
and then it jumped over to Cork Square. Uh, there was an 11-story building under renovation that was open from floor to the, to the roof. There was a 21-story under renovation and oh a four-story four story, uh, mill-type construction, uh, an old uh, department store wide open also. They were back to back to back. Uh, eventually they, they all became involved. So I think you're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. So I, I, I <laughs> asked the uh, ops yeah. back on, on the church fire because it was starting to get knocked down. Uh, even though we had made an effort and set up uh, some aerial ladder to try to uh, block away to try to knock down some of those embers, it was a little too late and it had set the roof on fire on the 11 story and then when the tar melted, it dropped down an open shaft. When I came around from from the church to the uh, to Court Square, the the eleven story was well involved. Every floor, all the the window frames were on fire on the twenty one story building, and the the uh, mill type was was catching on the rear. Twenty one story building, fully like it ended up going fully involved. Like well, that the the eleven story was fully involved. The 21 story, fortunately, was was masonry construction, and what looked like fire in every window was the actual wood window frames mm. that were burning around there. So they had some of the roofing material, you know, it kind of stepped in a couple of times, and uh, the roof was on fire. So we had to get lines up there, you know, put the roof. Holy shit! How many guys did you call for that? I mean, you had you well, had ended map, up being you uh, power there. That was a, a three alarm in itself. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Plus some, ex, you know, extra. Yeah, each call. building had to be multiple well, what alarms, we, right? Well, I did with that, uh, you know, from a command standpoint, is is you know, it's like eating a big pie. You know, you got to cut it in pieces. So uh, I, I took a battalion chief and put him in charge of the the eleven story. Put another one in charge yeah, of the yeah, yeah. story, and another one in charge of the other building. So, and each one of them, I just told them, run this as your fire and we'll get resources as we, we can. So, 
Um, and then we call for uh, what I called fire patrols even further south, you know, to check for embers. Embers, yeah, we, have, we have those too, right? Brand yeah, patrol. so we sent we sent those those uh, downwind, and, and they found uh, awnings and things like that on fire even further down south, and we were able to catch them wow. in yippee. early stages, or it could have been a really yippee ki John, uh, yeah. Chief, how many how many guys are on? If if you remember this, how many guys are on shift every uh, on a tour? Like what's the uh, four ninety some odd at that time? You know, um, you know, I, I, you know. I told you when I was there, we had thirty trucks. After I left, um, they gave up ten truck companies. So now oh, they had twenty. Yeah, yeah, ten truck. I, I almost painted. Yeah, I could. I, I couldn't believe it. But anyway, they gave that up. So. Uh, but at that time, it took uh, close to 500 to, to man a shift in Memphis. So uh, that was a night we put a whole lot of them to work. Yeah. yeah. No oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a so, lot of manpower going yeah, that, 20, 21 stories. That's a lot of manpower. Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. that church was built in 1826, man. So. I don't feel yeah. so bad. I only burnt down a church that was about 100 years old, so I don't feel like that. <laughs> Patty Lee well, mentioned that. He said really I knew that dirty bastard would mention something. <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, they had had uh, some kind of uh, uh, meal service there the night before. You know, one of them smelled smoke, and they said, eh, it's nothing, you know, it's just cooking. So they ignored it, closed up the building, and then... Don't! Three o'clock, it's well involved. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Swing and a miss, he struck him out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so well, uh, anyway, that's probably one of the most memorable fires, I guess, in Memphis. You know, yeah, it's a pretty big one. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. big one. Yep. We'll see you at the big one. Yeah, yeah that's a big it. One. Yep, I'll see you at the church fire. Oh, <laughs> you know what they said? You know what they said at the church fire, right, Roof? Go ahead. Holy smoke. Great. But <laughs> All right, so nine, let's fast forward. 97, promoted to battalion chief, and then 2000, you're promoted to division chief and assigned to division one. Yeah, yeah. Division one is the uh, west side, of, you know, uh, that you know, lines the river. And, uh, you, you know, we only have two divisions in Memphis. You know, you got, you got division one and two, and you almost slice the, the town in half, you know, going north and south, division one. Has has the the west half division two's got the east half, and uh, you know, west half is is the busy half of the city. <clears throat> so there again, you know, that it's where I wanted to be in the busy spot, no doubt. Yeah, and that's oh, yeah. division one. And then let's see, I'm crossing this stuff. This guy's got a. a, a Look at this! Look at this timeline. Chief, were you oh, were you man. already doing the uh, the USA stuff at that point? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, I think it was around '95. We started. Uh, the decision was made by by uh, who was the director of fire at that time, Charlie Smith, that we were going to uh, try to sponsor one of the task forces for FEMA. And at that time, they were adding some to the system, so. Uh, you know, I got involved with, with training the guys initially for for that, you know, through the the technical rescue side of it. And then uh, and then with the collapse technician training, you know, and uh, I was I, I, I got appointed. I don't know how the hell I did it, but I got appointed to the rescue working group for FEMA. 
And, uh, you know, he had guys, superstar guys like John O'Connell, uh, Ray Downey, uh, uh, <clears throat> oh gosh, uh, uh, Dave Hammond, who's the engineer, still is the head engineer for the uh, for the system for for uh, USAR. Um, you know, a, a lot of heavy heavy hitters: Chase Sargent, Buddy Martinet, um, uh, 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 John Riglow. You know, all, all, all these superstar guys that you know. I'm sitting around the table thinking, "What the hell am I doing here?" <laughs> but, but you know, I, you know, I, again, I, I'm so incredibly blessed to. to have time with those guys, learn from them. And that's the group that wrote the, the, the training program for all the task forces, you know, in the country. So we were able to put that together. I said, uh, I was the vice chair of the committee or that uh, rescue working group for a number of years. Uh, we wrote version one, version two, and version three. And they, uh, asked me if I'd be interested in working on version four. I said, nope, I only had three in me. So they, <laughs> yeah. they, uh, they, they wrote version four after I said, okay, I tapped out. So, mm. but I was so, so lucky to work with some of those guys that I learned from. I had Freddie Lafaminas. That's where I met Freddie. I was going to ask you the Don father, the Godfather. No, oh, I love that guy. <laughs> He's such a cool dude. You know, Forget about it. Forget about he, it. He gave me your name. That's how I got you. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, what a guy. Be a great guy. guy. He says, I got a guy here who wants to dispel the rumor that uh, anybody south of the Mason Dixon is retarded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was right. What did the chef say in the pre-show? What did he say in the pre-show that we were laughing at? He said oh, something God. about what the heck did he say, Petey? He was, uh, he said, you're either, it's either one, you know, one or the other, a you know, fireman he was talking about. Oh, the, uh, uh, the Lord, uh, what, something for fools, fools and firemen. Fools and firemen. The Lord, oh, yeah, for fools and firemen. I thought they were both the same. <laughs> <laughs> and I added that, you know, fools, oh, firemen, know, yeah. and drunkards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking, you're talking about. One of my dad's saying, you know, cause he, he, you know, I always looked to him for advice as I was coming up, you know, through the ranks and all that, you know, and he said, look, just remember this, the higher the monkey climbs up the ladder, the more he shows his ass. Hey, <laughs> night. So by the time you get to the top of the ladder, all you see is ass. So yeah, everybody's looking to that. take a wow. throw, throw dots at you when you're up at the top, right? You know there who you I'm going to tell that to? Chief Steve. He would love to hear that. Oh, my God. monkey climbs to the more you Chief, see Chief how old how old was your dad? I'm sorry. How old was your dad when he when he passed away? You were talking about dad that. Dad was too. 97. He lived to be 97. Whoa, God bless him. And nice. Wow. Wow. You know, and guys of his his generation, you know, they really didn't live that long after they retired. And uh, so blessed to have him. You know, he lived with me the last uh year and a half or so he was alive, you know. We had <clears throat> fortunate to have some conversations we never would have had, you know. He opened up about his time in World War II, you know. I was going to ask you if he was a World War II vet. Yeah, yeah. He he uh, he served in the South Pacific in in the oh. Philippines, Guam, Tinian, Philippines, the, oh, the Tan, and and uh, you know some really tough places, Iwo Jima. So it, you know it, he he uh, 
he told me about some of the stuff that he never talked about his whole life. And, and uh, I can understand why they didn't want to talk about it, but, Man, it, the, uh, uh, but I was so, so, you know, I feel so blessed that, that I was able to have that. You had him a long time, man. That's good stuff. And he, yeah. he was shopped the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I lost a fireman friend. Uh, and you know, when I, when I came back home, you know, he said, he said, you know, he said, you're the strongest guy. No, no, dad. I said, you know, you are the strongest guy. No, he said, no, but he said, I don't know how you do that. He said, I lost a, a, a friend in the war. And he said, you know, we were really close and man, I almost, you know, I almost cried. And I said, well, you never mentioned that. You never mentioned anything about that. He said, well, you know, we were real close and he was a good friend and, and he got killed in the war. And, you know, he said, yeah, it really hurt me. And I said, my dad never, never would admit anything right. hurt him ever, you know, so I, I thought that was pretty strong. So it, it was pretty interesting, but he um, was always a source of surprise, <clears throat> you know, and, and, you know, he was a fun guy to be around, you know, uh, quirky, but, but, uh, Loved the job, you know, and and was so proud that that I followed and you know was able to to take a more a couple more steps up the ladder than he was able to achieve when he was on the job. So uh, he's very proud of that, and uh, that's kind of me. Good, yeah. Stuff. That's me. what was his name, Dan Gordon. Don. Gordon. Let's give one to Gordon right here, baby. Gordon. Yeah. Cheers, amen, brother. Hmm. Don, we had some we had some pictures. They don't build uh, some like people, that. people that you wanted to talk about, right? Was that uh, uh, I remember yeah, a few? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I probably could have sent twenty or thirty, but I, you know, some of these guys are. Uh, some of those pictures have meaning for me, you know. Well, who's this first and foremost? Okay, that's uh, that's uh, Blake Gillum. That's my stepson, and uh, I took him to his first working fire here at West Pulaski Fire Department. So, uh, a great day for me. Great day for him. Nice. Did you say, hold on to my coat, son? Just follow me in. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I just, you know, my advice was, you know, reach out as far as you can reach. You know, when it gets so damn hot, you can't stand it. Maybe, maybe you can find my boot. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be, that. be the back of my coat. Hang on, kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There you go. All right. Guys, now, who's this gentleman in this photo right here? He's a good kid. That's Jerry Gente. Uh, He's just retired recently from Salem, Massachusetts Fire Department. Uh, great, great guy. Uh, wealth of knowledge and use our work. We, we, we taught uh, classes together. He was also uh, somewhat involved with that rescue working group for FEMA. But uh, this was at a class that I did up in uh, Massachusetts. So he drove uh, a few miles to, to come and just say hi. So great, great guy. Nice man. Another, were you guys mustache shopping together or something? Two for a dollar? What'd you get? He wanted to give me a. He wanted to give me a little example of what they should look it, like. It's nah, funny though. Every, how, nah, how, he ain't got nothing on you, Don. No. <laughs> it's funny how different everyone's mustaches are because yeah. his looks like they're coming out of his nostrils, but yours is like. Yeah, you know, a handlebar. You know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the Yosemite Sam going on over there. <laughs> yeah, he does. That's it. That yeah. darn rabbit. That darn rabbit. Oh my goodness! All right, let me blow that up a little. Who's this? Yeah, that's uh, 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 Gary Ludwig, Chief Gary Ludwig, and myself. Uh, Gary, uh, when I was uh, Operations Chief in Memphis, he was 
uh, deputy chief in charge of EMS services. So, uh, but it, we, we both took every opportunity to go to a working fire, you know, if nothing else, just say, we're here guys, we're behind you, we support you, you know, we're here to do whatever. Hmm. But uh, Gary is also a wealth of knowledge. Gary went on to be the chief of Champaign, or still is chief of Champaign, Illinois Fire Department and, and former uh, president of IFC. Wow. Hey, Pete, go back to that other one with this other mustache guy. You know, he, you know, you look like that, Don. Who's that? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, brother. The whole Colgate right there. Yeah. When these 24 inch pipe knots get a hold of you, brother. When I grab a hole in that line, nobody's getting in front of me, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so with the 24 inch pythons. Hey, this is actually a cool photo right here. Why don't you tell the guys about this one? Yeah, that's, uh, that's my helmet uh, next to my dad's. And, uh, you know, it, it shows uh, a couple of things. You know, his is an old Carnes uh, aluminum helmet, you know, that they had back in the day, you know, and that's when he was captain of Truck 16. And uh, and then, you know, my, my helmet, you know, uh, obviously newer, you know, different generation helmet. You know, I, I just think it says a lot, just, just that visual there. That's awesome. What they make them paint the numbers on by themselves back in the day there, or what was going on there? <laughs> yeah, hey man, this was that was back in the fifties, you know. I guess that may have. Oh no! Look here, Chief Coon, the Godfather's in the chat. Uh oh. Oh, um, Chief. I want to thank you for getting Chief Don Coon on the show. And may your first son be a masculine son. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Chief, I have a favor to ask of you. <laughs> Can you please talk to Chief Cleos and get him on our show? <laughs> Mamma Mia, we've been wanting him on the show for a very long time. And Chief, we would kiss the ring any day to get him on the show. Oh, oh you uh, good. Oh, oh, that was a good show. Oh. Right, right. well, <laughs> Chief Lafayette uh, wrote that shit ain't oh, funny. He said that shit ain't funny. <laughs> that shit ain't funny from looking. Uh, he, he did give us Obviously. a laugh because that, that, that's how I know I'm not going to wake up with a horse's head in my bed. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. We got some more photos actually. Hold on here. There's another photo of you and a pal of yours. Who's this? Oh, that's Dennis Macedo. He's a Massachusetts task force member. Uh, 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 he and Tom Kenny worked together. Tom Kenny worked for Hyannis Fire on, on uh, Rescue One there. Uh, Tom passed away shortly after he retired. It's been a couple of years ago, I guess, but drove up for the funeral there. Uh, uh, Dennis and I uh, teach a lot of classes together for Spec Rescue International. Uh, just a great guy, a uh, good human being. Uh, but I, I wanted to mention Tom Kenny, known as TK up there in the Boston area. Just uh, one hell of a fireman, one hell of a man. Uh, uh, you know, tough to the end, fought cancer hard, but uh, lost his battle. But uh, 
Tom had a lot of influence on me as far as uh, my teaching style. Uh, you know, I don't know too many people who are any more knowledgeable than TK was. So a uh, lot of respect there for both he and Dennis Macedo. Nice, man. Are you still teaching, Chief? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I travel. I just uh, uh, last month uh, went down to the Guardian Center in uh, – uh, Georgia, you know, uh, taught some seabirth Marines in structural collapse. Oh, there he is. So, yeah, I still get to travel and teach for Spec Rescue. <clears throat> He's got his Hulkamania shirt on there. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> actually that's a Spec <laughs> Rescue shirt. That was at a class that I taught in Fargo, North Dakota on uh, structural collapse. Nice. Hey, Jose's starting the uh, Chief K fund again. Oh, my Chief God. Chief Cleehouse on. <laughs> We're going to grease his palm. <laughs> Hey, you're gonna go? Are you? Will you be in Indianapolis in August? Uh, right now, I don't have plans to. I'd love to go. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna say no right now. I'd like to. It, it just depends. Uh, I know Spec Rescue will have a, a booth there in their display area. Spec, but, uh, Spec, Spec, come hang with us, man. We like uh, S. Louie. We'll take you out to a nice dinner, big steak. You know, a couple. We'll throw a couple back. Be able to fill your hey, man, you, hey, you'll catch this fish anytime if you bait, bait it with a steak. You know. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. one more photo I wanted to ask you about. Actually, yeah, Kev, sure. Kev wanted to know uh, what what tornado were you at when this was happening? <laughs> <laughs> Hurricane, that was Hurricane Elvis. <laughs> oh, Elvis. <laughs> When these pythons get a hold of you, brother. <laughs> and may I say, you've been—you uh, look very fit there, sir. Yeah, the, well, you know, back in the day, you know, I, I, I can yeah, a little bit in powerlifting, but uh, that's been a long time. <laughs> oh my Definitely got to come see us at the booth. We have a good. Time. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, some piece, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Some guys say not me, but we drink heavily in the booth during the no, day. So. No, no. Nah. Some guys yeah. also say they may be chilling their peanut butter whiskey from now on because that oh, might be yeah. the way to go. Some guys. <clears throat> I think we killed that whole thing of the peanut butter. Yeah, that gives me chills just thinking about peanut butter whiskey. Oh yeah, yeah delicious. Nothing good's coming out of that. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh man, you gotta have well, fun in the booth. Is what I always say. Yeah, yeah. Sounds That's like fun to me. August second, I think, Chief. That kicks off. So, come on down. How far are you? You're in Arkansas. How far a drive is that for you? Yeah, and, uh, a few hours. You know, oh. drive don't bother me any. I, you know, I can do that. Uh, I think that's a that's a yes, Roof. <laughs> Chief, you don't. Did you have any sons? I, I I don't remember if we asked you that. No, no, I had all girls. Three know, daughters. So. I had that somewhere, but he's got stepsons, right? You got to keep your yeah, socks yeah, on, yeah. Chief. That's what happens. You got to keep your socks on. Yeah. Oh, where's my yeah. paper? Where's my chief coon paper? Right. Oh, three children. I got two girls too. I gotta take my Kelly, off. Kelly, Mandy, and Ashley. We're gonna give them a shout out. And two stepchildren, uh Blake and Maggie. Great That's job. right. That's right. You're one yeah. shy of Brady Bunch. You're almost dead. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, I, I you know, I'm the luckiest guy in the world, you know. I'm not uh you know, yes, I, you retired, know I retired from Memphis in two thousand eight and and my wife of 21 years passed away. Mm. And uh, at that point, I was just done, you know. So, um, you know, I, I kind of floundered a little while, and then suddenly, Renee appears in my sights, and you know, we've been together since, and uh, got married in 2013. Yes, she is, and I, I think clearly married up. Yes, as yeah. we all, as we all yeah. did. I think yeah. I heard this when he met Renee. That was a chief fall. <laughs> he fell right from like. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no, I'm hey, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. She's Amen, a, she's brother. A doll and and uh, uh, just a great gal. I, I just I'm crazy about her. So you know, I have a, 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 a blessed life that I didn't expect to have. You know, so I, yeah. I'm sometimes these things come out of a place you never, you know, you don't think, right? That is true. That is true. You're going down the road. You don't know where it's going to take you. All of a sudden, you got this beautiful angel named Renee. Yeah, right. Brought me mirror there, and you're like, "Holy mackerel!" There yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometime along the line, I must have done something right. So. Yeah, I don't um, know. Maybe uh, gone to a couple of hundred fires, saved some people, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just saying. Go. Oh man. All right. So you moved to Little Rock in 213. You met uh, uh, Renee, and you moved to Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah, because uh, Renee worked for the Children's Hospital here in Little Rock. So, right. you know, I didn't have anything holding me now to Memphis at that time. So, yeah, why not? So you couldn't stay out of the business. Every time you think you're out, they bring <laughs> you, back. you back in. <laughs> back in. <laughs> no, you know what? Uh, you know, we, we, we spend so much of our life uh, in the, this service. You know, it, it, it's <clears> hard for a guy like me to get, get out of harness. So, you know, you, you, you accumulate uh, this body of knowledge and skills and abilities that are worth passing on to the next generation. And maybe they can save a life with it. So that's that's what motivates me, you know, and, and I can accomplish that through volunteering with West Pulaski and through uh, traveling and teaching with Spec Rescue International. Um, you know, I get contact with a lot of guys in, in fire service that way and uh, stay relevant that way. So, right. Uh, it's a good thing. So, I, you know, I, I, when I retired, I see guys retire, they sit on their butt and, and in a few years they're gone. So I made a conscious decision that I'm going to burn out instead of rust out. I like that. That, that could be an old tip of the day. Save that one. Yeah. So burn out instead of rust out. So you, that, you, you go to, what is it? West Pulaski. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he don't walk in and say, "Hey, I want to be a volunteer firefighter." They make him uh, deputy chief of the department. Is that yeah, right he walks away. in, he goes, "Do you know who I am? <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> I'm Don Coon. Oh, Don Coon. Oh, you're oh the, yeah, you're, you're, Don Coleone. Let me tell you who hell I am. Get a body. Hey, Wes Pulaski. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to be." The division chief of your department. <laughs> Anyone got a problem with that? No, oh, with that. look at that. He's had an accident and fell off of a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, you learned you learned a little something from the uh from Chief yeah. Lafamina, you know. <laughs> uh, we do have hey. some pictures actually from uh West Pulaski here, some fire photos and yeah, some actual Right. Yeah, those are so uh, you can see that uh, we failed to save anything but the lot there, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, but I uh, still in the game a little there. Nice. Well, Jordan Morris in the chat is saying, uh, he's given us a lot of nuggets at Crystal uh, Fire Department. We are neighbors to West Pulaski, glad to have guys like Chief. Uh, that care about our future from Jordan Morris. Thanks, Jordan. Nice, Thanks, nice Jordan. Yeah, that's nice. That, that, Crystal, the fire department is one of the departments we respond with a lot. You know, a lot of pretty sharp guys there. Sure. Always glad to see them show up. You can up. see the stash. Dude, I was just going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Through, through the smoke. I don't know if that smoke yeah. going on, but you can see the stash. Look at okay. that. Okay. So I when I. I'll tell you something mean, Gene. 
<laughs> when I accepted the the, the uh, position of, of deputy chief for them, I said one rule: don't mess with the mustache. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right on, man. So yeah, first one burns like, my mustache like, off. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like the reflective bunker gear on his face for crying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that thing pops, man. That pops as as white as your helmet, whiter than your helmet. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that helmet's been with me a lot of years, guys. You know, been through a lot of stuff. Got some stories, I guess. You Good brought that helmet with you? That's the helmet you use over there now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at you. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah, because he's got some kind of, I don't know what he's got over there, like some kind of. Fu Manchu. No, the other guy's got the different yeah, helmet. No, he's, he's got a goatee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. a different helmet. Though. I'm yeah. talking about the fruity helmet he's got on. Whatever oh, that is. Boy. Oh, oh boy. Right. Oh, we did it good this time. I did oh, it. Yeah, he got the old plastic helmet. Ah, he's got an old plastic helmet. All right. I like Chief's helmet. That's that's what I'm going with. That's nice, bro. That whole thing there, the chops, the helmet. He's got a little <laughs> bit of a cowboy bend on that thing. Love it. Nice, yeah. brother. <clears throat> you got all the picks, Pete? We're done with the picks. Pretty much. I mean, um, there was, I think there's maybe one more in here. Oh, yeah. Champagne. Yeah, yeah. I went up to do a little class on, uh, you know, a little overview of special ops for the Champagne Fire Department. Uh, yeah, that's me standing in the middle there. But that's uh, that's where uh, Gary Lovewood is, is now the fire chief. I got gotcha. you. Uh, bunch of great guys up there. You know, they uh, they do a good job. And then there's this one more. Um, you were giving a speech at your church. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was one of the responders uh, on 9-11 to the Pentagon. And, uh, you know, I had an opportunity there uh, on, uh, on 9-11 to, to show a few of the pictures from inside the Pentagon and kind of explain our deployment there. Yeah. The can, I ask, can I ask you what that because we hear so much, especially on this show, uh, about what the day at the towers was like. But we know 9-11 was much bigger than that, yeah. um, you know, although obviously it really affected us really it was really hard to deal with still is here in New York, but what was it like for you um, at the Pentagon? Well, I think initially <laughs> the biggest difference, uh, we were doing the same thing that the guys were doing at, at, at uh, in New York, but because of security, security concerns, you know, they didn't allow any press there. They didn't allow any photographs to be taken. Uh, in fact, they threw up a, a eight foot fence around there with barbed wire the, the, the day after we got there or the day before we got there, uh, which was, you know, nine twelve. Uh, so, you know, not a lot of, of press, not a lot got out. You know, they mm -hmm. eventually uh, after I think it was 12 years, they declassified all the photographs, you know. You know, they told us we couldn't take any. Of course, you know what firemen do. <clears throat> you do right. what they, you take pictures. Yep. So um, uh, at that picture you, you just showed there, I was able to show some pictures, you know, to people in, in our church that, you know, knew very little about the Pentagon response and all that. Um, but what was, the, the, what was the response like there for you guys? Um, you know, it, it's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. 
The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, let me tell you, I'll give you a story about it, and, and it kind of sums up, you know, the whole thing is. Uh, we had been there uh, uh, a few days, you know, and, and we're, we're making some recoveries of remains. And uh, so, you know, by that time, any politician or, or, or famous person that could get there would come through with a photo op, you know, shaking hands outside, you know, the building. And, and uh, so, it was, you know, we were getting a little weary of that and, you know, because of, uh, you know, the whole situation. So, uh, I, I was was running uh, the operation inside there, you know, doing we were doing shoring and clearing debris, and replacing columns, and uh, so I, I relieved myself late uh, to go to lunch that day. As I walked through our forward base of operations, there was a lady there, and she was shaking hands. So I said, "Oh boy, here we go again." So, you know, uh, she stuck out her hand to me, you know, and she said, "I just want to thank you." And I said, "Oh, well, sure. Who are you?" She said, well, my name is uh, Mrs. So-and-so, uh, Colonel So-and-so uh, uh, was my husband, and you guys recovered his remains yesterday. Oh, wow. And I just wanted to thank you. <clears throat> and, man, I just, uh, you know, I cried like a baby. She said, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I said, no, you don't understand. You just validated every effort that we've put in to train and practice and learn how to do what we do here. And you've made that human connection now with what we're doing here to to uh, to give you some closure. And and uh, uh, that makes all of this worth it. All that all of those years of training, it, you validate all that. So, you know, thank you. It, it, you know, the emotional side of, of the response is something I didn't expect and uh, certainly got our share of it there. But uh, what we do is good and valuable and worthwhile. Uh, it's worth all the, the uh, blood, sweat, and tears we put into training to do what we do. Absolutely. So that, uh, that's, that was my unique story. I know everybody that responded there had one, you know, something similar where so you make that connection. Uh, so, it, it, you know, it, it, it validated all that. So that, you know, caused <clears throat> me to rededicate to, doing what we do and, and, and training guys to do what we do. And, and uh, so I'm going to do that as long as I can do it. And w when you were on the scene, 
Um, I'm assuming you were digging, but did you guys work with dogs as well? Um, how, how is that? Yeah, you know, every USAR team in the, in the federal system has a, a canine component. You know, we have a medical component that includes doctors. We have uh, uh, structural engineers we bring with us and uh, hazmat specialists, uh, search, technical search rest, uh, specialists that, um, you know, have specialized equipment <clears throat> to, to peer into void spaces, you know, and do help with the search that way. So we have several ways to uh, approach you know, doing search and rescue in a collapsed environment. So, um, um, and in addition to the four rescue squads there, six men rescue squads that we bring as a task force. So it's like 80 guys and, and of course, logistics guys. How do they decide who goes where chief? Like I know they dispatch guys to the trade center, they dispatch guys to the Pentagon who makes that decision or who goes where? Well, in, in, uh, well, let's just say we had an uh, uh, incident like the Pentagon. The closest three task forces geographically to that location will go immediately. And then they go to a rotation list. So there are teams, all, you know, 28 teams across the United States uh, to draw from, and they're on a rotation list. So they go to the list then, and, you know, if they need more than three task forces, then they start assigning task forces from that list. <clears throat> <clears throat> and and much like uh, the towers, I mean, was it a similar scene? Um, was it a solemn scene? What did it, what did it feel like on the ground? Yeah, I don't know if you can see that picture behind me. No, sir. I can't see it. That was that yeah, was taken picture, from a Black I can't, Hawk. I can't it's see a picture me. of the Pentagon, you know, taken from a Black Hawk on the uh, the twelfth, I think, uh, that shows the collapse you know, what we call the slide. And then, uh, you know, the way that the plane struck the, the, the Pentagon was it, it struck the uh, computer center where there were tons and tons of top secret documents there. Oh, God. And the, uh, you know, all the computers that, that are, you know, they're feeding all that information in and out. And they had battery backups there. And all those battery backups were lead acid batteries. So they <clears throat> So we're working in, uh, you know, a foot deep of battery acid, you know, and everything under the kitchen sink water. So after a few days, our boots fell apart because the battery acid ate them up. So, oh, sure. my goodness. Wow. Yeah, it was just. You never uh, hear about, you know. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming like that's that. why we've never. I don't think. I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the public has ever seen photos of the plane. Right. And I, it's probably because of the classified stuff that was. Yeah. Um, I'm Well, if I can make it to Indy, I'll bring them up and, and show you the, the biggest pieces that we found uh, besides a, a section of the fuselage were a uh, section of landing gear and uh, uh, part of the one of the engines that was uh, oh, maybe twice the size of a car motor but obviously part of the jet engine. But, hmm. you know, uh, you hear all these stories from these conspiracy theorists about it being a rocket and all that. I call bull crap because, you know, we, uh, I don't want to get graphic here, but, you know, we, we removed remains of passengers from what was left of the fuselage there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you dispelled that bullshit. Yeah. And definitely. <laughs> it was, um, we, uh, I, I know that we feel, you know, we find uh, the 
we had agreed uh, on several things, but one of the things we agreed on that if we came across a plane part, you know, we'd segregate that. And there's a service corridor between the second and third rings that they placed a big open dumpster there and we put all plane parts. We filled up a dumpster, one of those big roll off dumpsters with plane parts. Yeah. Wow. Well, during our, our search efforts, you know, and then we, we ended up, you know, cleaning all of that out down to the stage. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Kev. No, yeah, Pete. Uh, I was going to say, are there instances of cancer from nine 11 at the Pentagon for guys like yourself? Um, the same way there are from the WTC. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the, the Droga Act, you know, also applies to anyone that responded to the Pentagon or to uh, have you plane crash in Pennsylvania. Have you, have you had friends pass from that um, instance? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. Good. Um, good. <clears throat> yeah, that's a good thing. <clears throat> did, yeah, they, um, yeah. did they eventually uh, recover all the bodies from uh, from the Pentagon and from the from the airplane? Um, yes. Yes. Or you know, I think he might have gotten jammed up there. Is Ruffy jammed up? No, no, he's oh. just very tired. No, no, I'm just <laughs> I lost long. you for a minute there. Oh, there, there you go. go. You're back. Uh, You're back. You're no, back. I think. Uh, well, it keeps going on in and out, but hey, um, you know. It, we, we, we went there, we did everything we could do. You know, the, we re replaced all the columns. I think there was like 39 columns that we replaced in there with shoring as well as uh, multiple vertical shoring. The ceilings were 18 feet tall there. So we had to use six buys to, to do all the shoring. So it's pretty heavy work inside there uh, doing the shoring. And then once we replaced the column, then we could go through and search all the debris in between that and the, next column and then we replace that one and just keep working our way through and how long were you there for um it's close to two weeks i think wow. you know it it it, it jams <laughs> up you know it sounds like no time but it seems like a lifetime when you're there yeah, of course. Doing that, you know we worked uh uh 24 hours straight first and then broke down into 12 hour shifts you know it's kind of like they did in florida down there hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, and, and, and you got it, you, you had to arrive an hour before your shift to, to brief in and, and, you know, mm -hmm. get uh, up to speed on what they accomplished the shift before. Then you go to work and then you debrief coming out another hour. And then by mm -hmm. the time you get something to eat, you crash, it's, it's sleep for five, six hours and then go do it again. Yeah. Wow. So, when, when you did all this um, and you got, came to the end of your two week tour, um, what happens then? Does the does the military take over, like the Army Corps of Engineers? Like, well, you know, well, is it a transition from you guys to them or some other unit yeah, to handle that? If, yeah, eventually, you know, of course, that belongs to the Department of Defense. And uh, uh, the, one of the positive things, I guess, that well, there are a lot of positive things, I think, that, that came out of that. But because they're part of the Department of Defense, uh, we were able to, to hook into their supply chain, you know, their logistics. And, uh, you know, if we ask for truckloads of, of 18 foot long six by sixes, they were there, you know. And if we asked, you know, when our boots fell apart, we got to have boots next morning, truckload of boots. Oh. So, you know, their their logistics is incredible. 
and uh, the uh, Red Cross was there uh, taking care of us, and and so was the Salvation Army. Excellent. Was there, uh, earned all the respect in the world that I have to give for both of them. You know, they took care of us like that. We were their own kids, and uh, you know that was a great thing that that they did there. You know. It, there's one more thing I wanted to ask because we never get to talk to anybody about the Pentagon response. So this is fascinating. You know, in New York, we had such a community feeling around 9-11. And I think it was palpable across the country. Um, you know, every time you saw a fire truck, you know, you waved and, you you know, if you had a flag, you waved the flag at them. You know, from, you know everyone yeah. had a flag everywhere. Um, you know, every time you saw a police officer, you know, you thanked them, you know, um, what a, what a stark dis difference 20 years later. But, um, you know, insofar as how the community was with you guys, did you have that same thing going on there or was it more cordoned off because it was the Pentagon? Well, it, you know, of course, the security concerns trump uh, a lot of that. But, you know, uh, when we were billeted at the, at Annapolis, you know, and we stayed in one of the gymnasiums there on cots. That was our, uh, the, uh, you know, where we stayed on our off time. Uh, and uh, along the interstate, you know, busing from one point to the other, you'd see crowds of people there with their flags and waving and all that. And that, that was real heartening, you know, to, to us, you know, cause uh, um, you know, that's pretty sad duty, you know, to, to do what we were doing and uh, to have those, those, uh, those bright points in between all that was, mm -hmm. was very, uh, it was very supportive to us. And, and uh, just like those folks from the Salvation Army and Red Cross, they, it was very supportive for us to have that. And, uh, you know, God bless them for what they do because it's, it's really valuable. How about your gear? You said your boots were melting off your feet. Did you guys get gear replaced by your department, by the uh, no by DOD the, did that. DOD, no, DOD did that. Uh, you know, we wear those heavy uh, leather uh, USAR boots, and uh, but they uh, they showed up. You know, when our they started falling apart, we couldn't figure it out at first. But you know, then they EPA. You know, everybody that has initials from the federal government showed up. Mm -hmm. so when EPA gets there, they started checking everything and checking the water and there was high, real high acid content. So wow, that's what man. it ate all the stitching out of our boots. So, uh, hmm. you know, once we passed that up to the chain of command, you know, next morning they show up with the same boots that we were wearing. And, and, uh, and if you and don't mind them. me, if you don't mind me asking again, I'm just completely fascinated by this. Um, did you, how many people did you wind up recovering? Do you know? I don't, I don't have any idea. You know, yeah, a lot. Been, um, it was, um, you know, that they assigned the old guard, you know, the old guard guys who join, who, who guard the tomb of the unknown soldier. Um, they assigned them to us, you know, for wow. manpower. And uh, every time that uh, we discovered human remains, um, we'd notify them. We'd, uh, uh, FBI would come in, GPS location, uh, and then the old guard would come in and actually do the, the bagging and, and transporting out of the Pentagon, you know, as sort of mm -hmm. an honor guard thing. So, um, you know, our main function was to, to, to shore the building, keep it from falling. And there was a high, 
probability that it would have had an additional collapse if we hadn't done what we did. Wow. Uh, Wow. And there were, you know, uh, don't, don't let me mislead you. Tennessee Task Force One was not the only task force there. There were four federal task forces there doing what we did. Um, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Day to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But you know, uh, our job was to go in and shore the building. Uh, do the search and rescue through the rubble recoveries and uh, or not recoveries, but to notify when we had uh, locations because they documented all of that to the nth degree since it, uh, frankly, FBI was the lead agency, you know, because it was a crime scene until they proved different. So, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, so they, we, we had to kind of, in combination with what we were doing, treat it as a crime scene. Well, it was also extremely... Uh, confusing for everyone at the time. I mean, we, we we didn't know much that was going on in those early days, and everyone was glued to the television set for any information. Right. And so, and so, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Kingdom. Uh, it's a movie with Jamie Foxx where he plays an FBI agent. But in short, they work hand in hand with people who are cl- clawing through rubble to determine mm-hmm. the source of the blast was that similar for you yeah uh, yeah yeah kind of that but but they weren't uh side by side you know we they, we, we went in did our thing uh when we did brought stuff uh, to them no no we we, we we were there um uh, every top secret document we came across you know we we, we put that in a, in a bucket and uh if we came across human remains then we notify the FBI on the radio, then they come in with the old guard and do their thing. So, by, by any chance, did you find out who killed JFK? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many people did they lose at the Pentagon? Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, exact number, I'm not sure. A little over 200, I think. 200? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you got to remember the, the, the outside walls of that thing were, you know, almost three feet thick. Wow. And but they were unreinforced masonry. You know, they had blast-proof windows, which proved not to be blast-proof. Mm. Um, so, you know, the, the just the 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 uh, velocity it took, you know, and the amount of power it took to blow that the hole through there and then go through a couple of rings of the Pentagon is, is pretty powerful. I'm looking at I'm looking right now at uh, the first hit on uh, the <clears throat> Pentagon Memorial. It says 125 people. 
Uh, Flight 77 was hijacked, crashed into the Pentagon, killing all 64 people on the plane and 125 people. Sorry, so you're right, sir. Of course, near 200 people uh, in Mm. total. 125 plus 64 on the plane. Brutal. Brutal, man. Um, I I just, I really want to say thank you for sharing that. Uh, We've never heard this side of the story. Never. Well, there's there's more to it. There's more to it. And and it would help if you had to you know, some of the pictures that I have to, to kind of give you what it was really like there. Uh, but, I think we just, uh, I think we just we got another that. episode. I think we just got another episode back in the day. Yeah, I can, yeah we love can to do, do that. that. Uh, I, I'd love to do that. That that uh, I've got That'll some good great. pictures. I've got, uh, uh, you know, a picture of the blueprint of the, the first floor there where all the columns that we replaced uh, shows where they were and, and how the Let's do plane that, please. trajectory went through the building and all that. So it's yeah, it may be interesting to some people. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we hear, I, obviously, the towers, you know, for us being New Yorkers, it's 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 our home. And I, you know, when I they went down, that was like my home being attacked. Uh, but to hear the Pentagon, too, it, you, yeah. we forget about that. We do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, we shouldn't. Uh, no, especially, we should never he- especially hearing your story tonight. And I really thank you for telling us all that. You know, that's massive. Right. Thank you. All Glad right. You Oof. Have, <laughs> have a breath, Pete. Holy take a big Christ. Deep breath after that. That was unbelievable. That was an unbelievable story. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in on that one, Lou. Good. Sorry, Good. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> My producer yeah, had no, yeah, no, just don't put me <laughs> off ten times next time. Okay? Uh, uh, I'll blame it on Pete. I told you. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Blame it on me. Hey, uh, is it about that time, Kev? I believe so. Guys, yeah, you know what time, time it is. It's time for the old school tip of the day. Day, day. Take it away, Chief. Okay. Um, you know, I thought about this a lot. You know, um, truth is, I don't know of a, of a great farmer that that got to be the way he was or got to be great by himself. You know, he was always uh, taught by some great mentors, some great senior men that have a wealth of knowledge if you just take the time to listen and learn. Um, so, you know, I, I have to take a page from my own book, I think, in that uh, always be a student of the craft. You know, always learn as much as you can from everybody that you can in the fire service because there's so much to learn. You never learn it all, but you can learn a lot. So uh, they can save you. The senior guy can save you a lot of misery. He can save you a lot of heartache and save you a lot of injury. Uh, just listen to them and learn from them. So that's, uh, that's my old school tip of the day. Uh, the other thing, is, one other thing would be, you know, one of dad's old sayings was the man with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> so, you know, when you get into a position of, of uh, uh, or get into the upper ranks, you know, don't treat everybody like a nail, you know, treat them like a human being, treat them like you want to be treated and you'll get that back. But respect is hard to earn and easy to lose. Nice. Wow. Wow, we our guests have been hit. Burn out, don't rust out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Burn out, don't rust out. Wow, very good, Chief. I like it. 
Chief, Chief. thank you. Chief, it was worth the wait. Thank you very much. Um, sorry we had to put you off so many times, but I just wrote down now Pentagon show, so we'll be reaching out to you again. I promise we won't cancel on you. This we time. have no, to that's have great. you back. Hey, just hey, to guys, talk I gotta, before, I, before I go, I have to say this. I, I appreciate what you guys are doing for the fire service. You're bringing guys from across this this great nation of ours to the to the kitchen table and 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 having these conversations that are definitely worthwhile to to you know these folks that are out there listening. So please keep doing what you're doing. I have all the respect in the world for for what you guys are doing, and uh, I want to thank you personally for doing this for all of us out here who have things to learn from you. Thank, thank you, Chief. Chief. Yep, means we, a lot. Thank pleasure you. is ours, yeah. especially mine, Chief. I, I've learned more about firefighting in the last year than I ever thought I'd learned in my whole life, man. So good. It's been, it's been I, I think I think Peter might stay awake for the entire show this time, bro. <laughs> he was excited. He seemed excited. Finally. Look at him shaking his head. I love him. I love you, Pete. <laughs> well, we'll see how excited he is when we get him next week into the uh, smokehouse. Oh yeah, oh, that's, that's right. right. Next week we'll go to the Rock. I forgot. I mean, he could start running down, you know, oh, the oh, bridge. Gonna, I don't know what he's going to do. Lou's going to hold the camera because I'll be like this. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, yeah, definitely with your C4s or whatever. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know why this the shots is, are not steady. I can't this, is the, this is the earthquake simulator, Pete's in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, all right, all we're right, going there. Uh, you got nice. any shout-outs, Ruffy? What do you got? I don't have anything tonight, no. I got one sent in from Snowy. Nigel Snowy Kind. Let me just find it here. Give me a second, Pete. Do you have anything, Peter? I do. Um, actually, Gonzo in the chat, uh, our boy, uh, wanted to just give a little hat tip to the members who uh, who were working the Surfside Collapse, especially his brothers who were there um, down in Florida. They did a lot of good work down there. So, um you know, had to to them. They're coming home. They they left the scene finally. Um, that was another tragedy um, that could have been avoided. So, uh, <laughs> had tip to the brothers out there uh, putting in the work. All right. So I know, I know, I'm going to butcher this, but this came from Nigel across the pond. He was a guest of ours. He said, "Kev, could we give the five bells to the six German firefighters killed in the line of duty?" Uh, in the floods, which have devastated Germany last wow. week. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to really <laughs> try these names, all right? Uh, Alpina, Worldall, Nettersheim, Rhineback. One active duty, one retired. North Rhine, Westphalia, and a female firefighter from Ad Adnor near Norin. Bring racetrack, Rhineland, something. All right. That's what I got. So I'm going to give those guys the five bells. Line of duty death. Here we go. All across the world, it's all the same, brothers. I'm, I'll tell you, I've been seeing that, that video, what's going on there with the floods. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, man. Some hairy yep. shit going on there. Yeah, I've never, I've never yeah. seen anything like it either. It's it's, it's yep. really and just like we had Dennis Smith on, what did he say? No matter what's going on in the world, building collapses, floods, tornadoes, anything, what do you see? Firefighters, because they're always there. They're always there. 
Chief Don Kuhn, thank you so much for being on the show. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. My face hurts from laughing, and my mind is fully <laughs> stimulated from your stories. Excellent job, and we'd love to see you in Indy. Louis said, carte blanche, whatever you want. Uh, Don Perignon, anything you want. Don, getting sold. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I truly appreciate yeah, it. Uh, stay, in, uh, stay in the chat, Chief. We're going to BS a little bit after, okay. uh, after, yeah, after Pete takes here. us out. All right, let me take us out. Guys, get on over to iTunes Podcast, Spotify, or wherever fine audio podcasts are found to subscribe. And guess what? You can listen to us in your car now. We can be in your ear when you got your little earbuds in. We could be at the gym with you. We could be at your kitchen table while you're cooking. Subscribe there. It's free. Okay. And if you're here at youtube.com forward slash getting salty experience, guys, please go on ahead and uh, hit the subscribe button. Maybe hit the like button if you like it. And please share it with your friends if you do. It helps us out a lot. Helps us get the word out onto the streets. Very important. Guys, if you're on Instagram, hit us up at Salty Dog Inc. Mr. Refrano's got some salty fire photos for you. And guys, of course, we got uh, GettingSaltyApparel.com where you will find all the coolest firefighter apparel accessories, gear, so on and so forth. Last but not least, thanks to everyone who hit us up tonight in the Super Chat. You guys are really helping us out. If you're on Facebook, go over to the Getting Salty Fans page. We don't run it, but we love it. There's memes. There's sharing of information. There's a lot of fun and funny stuff there, guys. We really appreciate all the interaction. I think we're 16,000 or more now on there, too. Uh, growing strong. The page, uh, actually, YouTube's now past 17,000. So mm -hmm. come on. Come on, we're building here. We're almost there. Let's go. Let's get us to 100K. Come on. Um, also, guys, if you got a question for the show, experience at gmail.com. And if you have one for Cup of Joe and Fuego, coopspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, that, my friends, my friend, that is all the news that is fit to print. By the way, if you want to laugh your asses off, watch the last uh, couple of I was of pretty funny. I watched it this morning. <laughs> I watched it today, too. <laughs> I'm still laughing. It was great. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, man. All right, boys and girls. We will see you Monday night. Until then, stay low and go. All right. We'll see you at the big one, everybody. Have a all good right. weekend. See you all, brothers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.